0: Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing.
1: We really appreciate the warm welcome and uh, just believe this is such a special family here Mm. and it's such a privilege for us to step in to this setting. We love Clive and Jane Uh, We love the worship this morning. It's just been so fantastic. And I keep feeling reminded, you know, of Jesus' words that, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And there's an obvious hunger and a thirst in this church family that we resonate deeply with, knowing that God will meet us as we hunger and thirst for him. But we've really enjoyed some time with, with yourselves over the last few days. Uh, just in the worship, I just felt the Lord give me the phrase, the master has need of it.
2: Yeah.
1: The master has need of it. And I was remembering that it was when Jesus sent the disciples to untie the colt, mm. And he said, if anybody asks you, say, the master has need of it. And, and I feel like the Lord is saying, uh, I have need of you. Mm. I have need of you in this hour. Amen. Yes, as, an, as a family, as a church, but as you as individuals, that the Lord hasn't forgotten you or finished with you yet. You're not too old. There's not too many things that have gone on before. God has need of you. And I almost felt that, you know, that untying of the cult. You know, and he's saying, I'm taking it. I want you. Amen. I also had a kind of a picture of a really old violin in a, in a case that was battered. And I thought, oh, that doesn't look like much. And then I suddenly remembered that some of the most beautiful sounds come from the older instruments. Yes. And, and it's the, you know the scratches and the marks on that instrument don't affect the sound in fact they probably make it even more beautiful and I just want to encourage you that as we were worshipping I feel that the Lord is coming al- alongside each and every one of you and saying I have need of you in this hour and the things that you have been through will only make the sound more beautiful And, you know, the cult was used for for Jesus, wasn't it? It was used for his glory. And I believe that as we surrender our lives, it's not about our story, it's about his story. And it's all about his glory. And so, Father, we just want to thank you for what you're doing, for what you're saying. And that you desire us to give you everything for your glory. And I pray that, Father God, you would cause people, even this week to know how much you need them in this hour. And I pray that we would respond with a huge yes, Lord, you can have it all. We love you, Jesus, and I thank you for what you're doing in this precious family here, in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen, amen. Amen. Yeah, it's a real delight to be with you. Just coming off the back of what Esther was saying, and she's sharing that, the kind of thought in my mind is of Moses when he was a young man very learned, probably very muscular, probably very well dressed, in the courts of Pharaoh, uh, learning languages. He was at the height of everything. 30 years old, 35 years old, 40 years old. He's like full of energy, full of life. He feels destiny on the inside of him. And then the Lord takes him to 40 years in the wilderness. And maybe he starts to question, who am I? And maybe those memories of 40 years earlier are faded now. Mm -hmm. And the Lord looks at him and thinks, I think he's just about ready. (laughs) We're in an upside down kingdom. And so I think that parallels what Esther was sharing. And I I, want to say over yourselves is kingdom faith you're just about coming into the reason why the Lord birthed you. Amen. Hallelujah. And maybe 40 years ago, it was like Joseph in the courts, and you're thinking, We know this, we know that, That's it. we've been trained in this, we understand this theologically, and God's doing something with us, and you're getting ready. Mm-hmm. And now, 40 years on, the Lord says, Just about ready for my purposes. Yeah. We serve an upside down kingdom. And I, I just. Um, Again, during the worship, just reflecting upon yourselves, uh, thinking about the times in which we're alive, what the Father is doing. He is raising apostolic houses that will become fortresses, refuge places in the coming days that are gonna be ever so dark and yet ever so glorious with movement of the kingdom. And the Lord's strategy are these strongholds. We're going to see a number of them, quite a few across the UK and across the globe. It's not a denomination, it's not a network. They're going to be places that have laid the foundation of Christ. They're going to be places of prayer. They're going to have a strong apostolic, prophetic grace on them. They're going to be places of coming and going, training and sending. And places of multiplying, not just gathering into a mega church, but active places that uh, empower the body of Christ yes. to be who they should be—the priesthood of all believers. Yes. And you're going to see this mobilizing. Amen. So there's Moses at 80 years old thinking, "Maybe I'm past it." I remember the days when I had more energy, when I looked better than I did now, than I do now. I remember this, I remember that, and yet he didn't know the Lord was just about to move. Fire was going to appear in the wilderness, in the desert. The Lord was going to speak to him. He was going to be quickened. he now questioned his identity and his ability. Anybody been, don't put your hand up, been questioning their identity, questioning their call? Moses was, I'm, I'm not articulate enough. I think you got the wrong person. Can you put somebody else in there, send Aaron? <laughs> and the Lord was getting a bit irate with him. And he did give him Aaron, and he did empower him. He nearly killed him. <laughs> I don't question what God is saying, but I just say to Kingdom Faith, get ready for the very purpose for why the Lord birthed you all those years ago. They've been good years. God's been faithful to you. There's been tremendous growth. There's been development. There's been a maturing of the wine but you're coming into a season where this nation needs what you are and what you carry. And so, yeah, just uh, let that marinate over you. You are an apostolic house that is needed as a fortress, a strong place for the kingdom, much coming and going. When I say fortress, I don't mean we lock all the doors and everybody hide it's actually going to be the opposite to that open-handed and extended reach into the world in which we live but it's a fortress of god's presence and god's word it's a place of revelation it's a place of wisdom and understanding it's it's a place where god's people are empowered and equipped and mobilized they find their freedom there they get free of all the rubbish that we may have picked up and the brokenness of life, and you are released into all that God has for you. That's right, amen. And so Father, I pray, uh, I thank you, that Kingdom Faith, as a apostolic family, I know that they're broader than just this house here, but these are the, this is the kind of the epicenter, but I just pray that they would be strong, and clear in the understanding of who the Lord has called them to be. And in the name of Jesus, I come against and break every negative, accusing, lying word of the enemy that has come over the last few years, where the enemy tries to undermine, just like he did with Moses, or he did with Joseph, or he did with David, or he did with the apostle Paul. It's normal to anybody that's going to be a kingdom influence. Yes. But we break those. And Father, we say we believe yes. what you say. Yes. We believe your word. Yes. We hold on to your promises. Yes. We say you are faithful and true to your word. Yes. We trust your timings. Yes. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm going to give you this morning in the short time that I have because I. I, I don't want to be a long-winded preacher. Um, I want to give you three important invitations, but before I give you the three invitations, I'm going to give you a little bit of understanding of the days in which we live, and I, any one of these we could delve into. Um, but it, it, I guess enough to say that these are very critical days. I've been saying this for about eight, nine, 10 years. So it's not because of what's currently happening in the world, though that is a marker and it underlines and highlights for all of us what the Lord has been saying. I, I guess the context for me is this. It, it's ever so easy to be uh, in a stupor, to be half asleep and to be unaware of the day in which we are alive. Yeah. And uh, I I pray that we wouldn't be, we can't afford to be lukewarm. We can't afford to be half-hearted. And and I think the best of us, however you measure yourself, there is more that the Lord has for us. Every one of us, there is more that he's inviting us to. Without condemnation, with no guilt trip, but with a sense of understanding the hour in which we live. So I'm not here to put a guilt trip on you. I'm not trying to manipulate you to do more, give more, be more committed. I'm just aware of the day in which we live. And and perhaps I don't have time to go into this in detail, but our world has changed. Three things before the three invitations. Our world has changed and continues to change. It's not the world I grew up in uh, uh, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Isaiah put it like this in chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness and put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. We're living in such a time. And I can't believe the kind of things that are being discussed. I I just think we've lost our sensibilities Uh, Common sense is no longer that common. It just feels like we've thrown everything out of the window. Society is changing phenomenally fast. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of hostility. Uh, Truth has become subjective. Uh, I saw a video recently of somebody arguing that if you... One person was saying four plus four, two plus two is four. And the other one was saying, well, if you want it to be five, it can be five. And it wasn't a joke. They were absolutely trying to say it's subjective to you. And I'm like, this is, am I really listening to educated people having this stupid debate? And the church can't afford to be asleep right now is what I'm trying to say. The world's changing. It needs men and women who are rooted in Christ, who is truth to be beacons of light, not afraid, not burying our head in the sand, not being politically correct, being gracious, being loving, being people who are just full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, yes, kind and gentle, and full of joy and the warmth of the Lord, but solid in truth, immovable, not gonna stay quiet on the things that need somebody to stand up. Why? Because my my granddaughter needs somebody to stand up so she gets educated well. My teenagers need somebody to stand up and speak the truth. Anybody with me on that? We cannot be passive in this hour. So the world is changing, continues to change. Secondly, um, I do think difficult seasons lie ahead. Uh, About three months ago, maybe two months ago, the Lord said to Esther and I, you're in the eye of the storm right now. What you went through a few years ago was like like a big hit. The eye of the storm is where it's calm. It's the central kind of, and it can be five miles wide, (laughs) like in a natural big, one of those big storms. We don't get many of those in the UK, but in the nations that has them, people get out of the bunkers and they come back out thinking that the hurricane or the storm has passed only 10, 15 minutes later to be hit by the back end of the storm. And they were in the eye of it. I hadn't realized, because in the eye, it just felt like everything was back to normal. The sun was shining. It was a quiet, calm, sunny day. And then all of a sudden, the back end of the storm comes. So a couple of months ago, the Lord said, be careful. You're in the eye of the storm, and most people are going back to sleep. Stay very alert, stay very awake, and be attentive to what the Spirit is saying. Be sober, be clothed and be watchful. Luke 12, Jesus saying, be watchful to be good for you. If on that day when he comes, you are ready, dressed. We cannot afford to be unprepared.
2: That's
0: it. Amen. I, I, I won't read it to you, but Matthew 24 would be where I would have taken you. Uh, I, I think there's going to be, uh, we see it all around us. I don't need to repeat it. Um, thirdly, uh, so there's two kind of negatives. Here's a positive. These are wonderful days for Christ's followers. For those who are followers of Jesus, you were born for such a time as this. And I, I know you know this, but let me remind you, you are not here to make as much money as you can and build a secure financial future.
2: That's right.
0: you, you are not primarily here to enjoy the new restaurant that's open in town. Right. though you know, go knock yourself out and eat what you can. Enjoy saving and the Lord will bless you. And we believe God looks after his people. But I want to remind people who are God followers, we are primarily here to follow His lead, to obey Him, to bring His kingdom to bear on the earth. An advancing kingdom, I am part of that kingdom, I have been called to service, and I am here to serve His purpose in my generation. Anybody with me? But I live in a world that has a value system that if I'm not careful, that value system of the world creeps in on me. And I start thinking like the world, behaving like the world, saving like the world. And before I know it, I'm running after the same things everybody else is. And it's easy to forget that actually we are Christ followers, Jesus people. And God is unfolding a kingdom story on the earth right now. And these are very exciting times. And Isaiah 60 would say, arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you and is over you. And and Isaiah prophesies for our generation, see darkness covers the earth and thick darkness the people groups, but the glory of the Lord rises upon you. I love revival stories, but I'd say this to you, the best stories are yet to be written because the best stories are yet to be lived. He uses average people. I'm really grateful for that. My A-level English teacher told me many years ago, you're average. That's a lovely thing to say. So after I'd written my first book and it was in seven languages, I took him a copy and said, sir, your average student wrote this and it's now in seven languages around the world. That was a long time ago. God takes, he takes the lowly, the humble, the despised, the ignoble, Those that have been rejected, he says, perfect. Moses, I can use you now. And I think he would say to us, you're just about getting ready. Don't, I say that only to say, don't excuse yourself from being an exceptional man or woman of God. You may be called to law. You might be a doctor. You might be running your own business. You might be a stay at home dad or a stay at home mom. You might be in between jobs. But I'm telling you, the eyes of the Father are roaming throughout the whole earth looking for somebody whose heart is wholly devoted to Him. The whole of history is littered with unexceptional people Mm -hmm. that did exceptionally great things for an extraordinary God. And I I pray by the help of the Holy Spirit we would be awakened out of any lukewarmness Lord, I don't want to live for a bigger house. I don't want to live for a better car. I'm not waiting to retire. Like, I don't mind. I've got a nice car. I live in a nice house. And I think God blesses his people. But they are not the things that define me. And they are not the things that I am running after. I was born, you were born for such a time as this. And I want you to be awake to it. Um, A number of years ago, uh, I had an email and um, it it looked a bit dodgy and it said this. It's when Theresa May was the Prime Minister. Theresa May would like to invite you to afternoon tea at 10 Downing Street. I read through the email, it had a button to click to reserve my place and I thought, I know, somebody in Africa sent me this. (laughs) I, sorry for my African brothers and sisters, could have been anywhere in the world, but I've had a few of those where a million dollar inheritance has been left to me. Click the button, put in your bank details, and we'll send it to you. And so I I deleted the email because I thought it's spam. I got home and Esther said, oh, I had an email today inviting me to afternoon tea with Theresa May. I was like, well, that's interesting. So I pull it out of the trash folder, send it to one of my team, and just say, would you have a look at this? Do you think it's legitimate? And he wasn't sure, but he clicked the link. And he said, I clicked the link, and it actually takes you to a government website. And, uh, and it is to, you know, to verify who you are and to put your details in. And I'm like, hmm. So I, I kind of waited on it for two days. And then I thought, Do you know what? Let's just go through. What's the worst thing that can happen? So we fill in our details. We take a photo of our passport, upload it to this site, because, I mean, that's really dodgy, <laughs> as a way of saying who we are. Uh, Two weeks later, we're on a train on the way down to London, dressed like really smart. And I'm saying to Esther on the train, I bet you when we get to the the entrance to Downing Street and we tell them who we are, that police officer is going to look at us and start laughing. (laughs) But you know what? We got to the gate at 10 Downing Street. I gave my name. Esther gave her name and he looked on his clipboard. He ticked us off and he invited us in. And I was like, Wow. I'm glad I didn't leave that in the trash folder. (laughs) And we got to spend a few hours uh, with about 80 other church leaders. Uh, So it wasn't just a private uh, afternoon tea, but we went into 10 Downing Street. I took a few selfies outside. I used to have a brown briefcase. I even stood outside number 11 with my briefcase and took a selfie as well. Um, Why do I say that? That was an invitation from a political leader inviting me into a politically sacred space. It didn't really change my life. I felt honored to have been invited in. I'm about to give you three invitations. They're very, very simple. You may know them already, but I want you to treat them with greater gravity than I treated even being invited into 10 Downing Street. I think this is God's clarion call for his church today. Honestly, these are so simple but I believe this is what the Lord's asking of us. The first one, my title for it would be, it's an invitation to love, first. to love first. Love first, and it speaks of a heart devotion. And I will take you to Matthew 22, verse 37, 36, 37, 38. Teacher of the law asks Jesus, what is the greatest command? Yeah. And Jesus said to him, love the Lord your God, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself, and all of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I know that this is a messaging in this house, but I I hear the Lord asking for, and I, I sat there even in worship saying, Lord, this isn't radical, it's not new, this is old, we know this, But a God who is love is looking for a bride, a people, followers, who would give him all of their hearts in love back to him. We can potentially love a lot of things, but I believe that the Lord is saying, love me first. Love me most. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart with all of your soul, mind, will, and intellect, and with all of your mind, everything, Lord, we're gonna come and we're gonna love you. In the changing times, in the difficult season in which we're alive, which will get more troubling, the only way to stay rooted is this devotion of love with our Savior. Amen, Amen that's the truth. Like, absolutely devoted. I've fallen in love with him. I, I remember at 13 years old having an encounter with God at a youth camp. I don't know if you felt this. The world just looked different the next morning. Like the, the sky looked different. The, I looked at people and I saw them differently. Anybody know what I mean? Yeah. I had encountered love. My heart was on fire. And over the last however many years now, 37 or so years since that day, anybody like me, I've ebbed and flowed. There are days that the the sky just looks as gray as it ever is (laughs) and people look as crazy as they ever are. And then I go through a moment where the Lord renews and tenderizes my heart. And the most basic things around me suddenly take on a beauty.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and what is it? I, I have fallen in love with him. My heart has been tenderized yeah. and it changes my outlook on everything. Yeah. Do, do you know what that's like? Yeah. You can't wait to pick up your Bible. Yeah. You wake up before the alarm and you're like, oh good, I get to go be with Jesus. Yeah. Not, oh, I'll get 10 more minutes in bed. I'm not saying 10 more minutes in bed is bad. We should rest and sleep and look after our bodies. But I'm just inviting you into a love first relationship. What do you love? What is your heart moved by? I don't want to walk with Jesus for 30, 40 years. And at the end of it, I'm mature but cold. That's it, that's it. I want to be fiery hot for him. And I, it's, a, it's a really simple first invitation to say that the Lord is inviting you, is inviting me. And I, I've been in this process, even this week again. How many know I could be madly in love with Jesus? And what do you realize when you're madly in love with him? I need to love him more. I need to give him everything. And you're weeping and you're crying and you're in love. And, and you're saying, Lord, take this too. Take this too. I I need you more, shine your bright blazing glory into my heart, tenderize me, teach me your ways, show me your paths, help me to see you. I want to be like a tree planted by water, drawing up nutrients from that river of life. It's a literal river. I know it flows in heaven, but I believe for those who are seated in heavenly places, They draw nourishment out of their relationship with God into their lives. And they're on the earth, but they carry part of heaven in them. Isn't that a beautiful picture from Psalm 1? So is there anything in your life that's competing with love for God? I don't want to love food more than God. I don't want to love physical pleasure, my hobby, money the ministry, my wife, my children, my granddaughter. I don't want to love any of that more than I love him. I want to be consumed by him. And I'm I'm giving you more important than Teresa May's invitation to 10 Downing Street. The father himself is saying, come, let us fall in love again. Isaiah puts it like this in Isaiah 1. Let us reason together. And though your sins are like scarlet, I'll make you as white as snow. I'll tenderize your heart, I'll soften you again. Just look at me, come towards me, call out to me, and I'll come near to you ever so quick. Do you know, when you don't feel love for God like you used to, it can feel like it's a million miles away. That's a lie of the enemy. He's one word away, one prayer away, one thought away the picture of the prodigal son is just the turning towards the home of the father. And the father was waiting, watching, looking. And as soon as he sees him, he goes running towards that prodigal and brings him home. It's a beautiful relation. No accusation, no condemnation, no judgment. The Lord lets it all be washed by the blood of Christ. And you stand before him clean clean fresh tender being wrapped with the father's love God has that for you he doesn't want your life mundane and it's it's not exciting things in my day that make my day exciting it's the awareness of God walking with him tenderness we sometimes think a great destiny is like this thing way down the road that I'm going to do that's going to be spectacular No, today's a day of destiny. And most of our days are ordinary days. But when they're walked with an extraordinary God, that's when they become extraordinary. I may just be looking after the kids, washing up, getting the car sorted today, doing all those jobs that are just mundane, but I'm absolutely in love with Jesus. My eyes are shining. I'm being faithful. My heart is tender. I feel him near His word is alive in me. I can hear the voice of the Spirit. I talk to the car mechanic. And the Lord is saying, well done, good, faithful one. In the midst of a dark world, gray world, you have lit your heart on fire. You choose to love me. You turn that rubbish off that screen. You turn your heart towards me and let my fire burn in you. I tell you, that's what God's pleased with. I know I want to take nations, see revival, fill the stadiums. And God's saying, calm down, tiger. (laughs) We'll do all of that. I'll take you into extraordinary places. I'll give you wow moments, but that's not your destiny. Your destiny is love your wife well. Play well with your granddaughter in my presence. Like with a tender heart, fully present. You cannot flourish as a human being unless your heart is saturated in the love of God. Isn't that beautiful? Takes all the pressure off. Just love well, live well, love those around me well. And God will give you the extraordinary moments. I do believe stadiums are coming. I I do believe it. The, The United Kingdom is gonna have a move of God that's so spectacular that stadium after stadium will be filled with people coming to know Christ. And because church buildings won't be big enough to contain the people that are coming into the kingdom with the harvest that's coming, we're gonna see stadiums filled to build a house, what God's doing. So I am up for the glorious days that have been prophesied, but I'm very aware all he asks of me is not go hire a stadium. Steve, love me well today fight the boredom of your heart fight the distraction the competition inside of you for materialism entertainment dull your senses push that to one side don't dull your senses don't feed on the poison of the world choose to love me wow anybody want to do that practically how do you do it open bible surrendered heart with the holy spirit right there with you second invitation I want to give you, first one is love first. And the second one is from Matthew, 20, Matthew 5, I think from verse 24 onwards. I am going to read it to you even though it's a... a and, and this one's called Seek First. So the other one, the first one is Love First, and Love First speaks of a heart devotion. The second one is Seek First, and it speaks of priority. Really, they're wrapped in together, but I wanted to just... Here's Jesus speaking. Anybody like Jesus? Yep. Yes. Anybody love him? Yes. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are. Verse 27, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? No. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow, they do not labor or spin, yet I tell you not even Solomon in his splendor was dressed like one of those. That's crazy. Solomon had the wealth of the nations, the wealthiest man that has ever lived dressed in the most extraordinary expensive clothes. And Jesus said, the flowers of the field look better than he looked. God's estimation of things. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, I'm in the south aren't I, grass of the field, (laughs) which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall I eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? And without being a heretic, where shall I live? What shall I drive? How will I make my money? The pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Anybody catch that? Your heavenly father knows. He's not saying they're evil things. He's not saying you don't need them. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. That's good news. Thank you. You know what I need. You know that I need clothes. I need somewhere to live. I need food. I need to look after my family. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But he said this, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Wow. I want to ask you, what's your priority? It's so easy. This is Jesus' day. Humans are still the same. There's demands from my employer. There's demands from the business I'm running. There's a pressure to do better than my peers. And some of us don't know when enough is enough. (laughs) And some of us are so anxious. And the Lord is saying, my father knows what you need. He'll take care of you. You make it your priority to seek first the king and his kingdom. Mm. And all these other things that you need, my father will get them to you. Wow. Somebody say wow. Wow. Say it backwards. Say it upside down. Mom. No. Sorry. So the first invitation is to love first. Second invitation is to seek seek first. It's a, it's a matter of priority. And I, I, I want to ask you in the next 24 hours, but either by yourself or with some loved ones, to just have this conversation. What does our love walk look like? What do our priorities look like as a married couple, as a single, in our families? Does this look like a house where God is loved first? Does it look like a family where kingdom comes first it's a good question to ask and then the third and final invitation I won't read it to you Ezekiel 47, 3-5 to five. the invitation to go in a thousand feet your ankle deep, a thousand feet your knee deep a thousand feet into the river, your waist deep and go in a bit uh, and it's so deep that you can't touch a floor, you have to swim and here's the invitation go deep go deep and I think it speaks of trust. Like I am all in. I'm going to hold nothing back. It's the phrase that Jesus used in the gospels, sell it all and buy the field. Like I am all in with the kingdom. I'm all in with the gospel. I am all in with my commitment to Christ. I like the way that the apostle Paul has that in his life. In Philippians 3, he said, I press. I'm going to go even deeper. I'm going to go for more. I haven't attained yet, but I'm going to take a hold of what God has for me. I want to pray for you. I know our time has come to a close, but are those three helpful invitations? Uh, I think in the context of who you are and what you're called to do, you know that... Kingdom of faith isn't so much an organization or a charity, it's a community. It's people joined in heart with one another. That's your strength. So, if those people are loving God first, seeking his kingdom first, and go deep, how many know the connections between you strengthen that apostolic house? It's not a, a great vision on a screen or a website with a great set of values and a great strategy that makes great churches or great ministries. It's the, the wineskin is actually the joining of people's hearts. That's right. So I say that to say you are valuable yes. to the purposes of God in this family. Yes. Yes. And your prayer life matters. That's right. Your love walk matters. Your priorities matter. They touch other people. I I would say to the men in the room, when you start living a kingdom first priority, it'll become an example to other men. It'll become an example to the sons in the house. It'll stir them up saying, wow, it only takes one or two or three to be all in, and they become contagious. Honestly, this is how the kingdom works. You find somebody salty, and all of a sudden there's salt adds flavor. Yes. You find somebody shining and other people, what, what hungry people make other people hungry.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna pray for you and then hand back to Pastor Clive. So it, 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 I, I'm just gonna ask you, if you say, Steve, I, I wanna say yes to those three invitations and um, you're gonna have to process it, I get that. Y- you can say yes now And like I had to read the email, figure out what I need to do, you're going to have to have some conversations, examine life and make some decisions. But if you are saying, I'm willing to look at that email, click it open and follow what's needed, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet so I can pray for you. If you're saying, Lord, I say yes to those three invitations today. Just raise your hands where you are. Uh, let's not miss the supernatural looking for the spectacular. So in this stillness right now, Father, you see every heart. We don't need to work anything up. I thank you that this is, it is such a significant time to be alive. Paul said to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 5, wake up, O sleeper, wake up, Christ has risen over you. Make the most of every opportunity. Lord, I pray for a sense of urgency and anticipation and an understanding of the times. I pray that we would be awakened to what the Father is doing in this hour. And I thank you for this house, for the richness, for the foundation, for the culture that's been developed. And I pray that you would give them supernatural grace to love you first. I pray for a supernatural gift from God to seek first the kingdom. And I pray that it would, this house would be filled with people that will go deep, not ankle deep, not knee deep, not waist deep, but in water that can only be swum in. Yes. They can only swim in it. Yes. They have to trust the Lord who directs the current. Yes. Lord, we're willing to let go yes. and press into you today. Yes. And so I pray a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit in you that you would know just the joy of the Spirit, even in the midst of dark times. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. 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 I've got two books with me. They're on your, in the cafe and you can pay for them in the cafe. They're in the hub. I think you pay in the cafe. This one's called Revival Ready. Esther and I wrote this recently. It's just 32 small chapters about getting ready for the revival that is coming. I haven't got time to tell you much about it, but if you want to be ready, that's there. This one's called Rouse the Warriors, and it's a prophetic call to advance the kingdom. It speaks about how to build your inner man, how to become strong. If you've been wounded, how to get healed. Both of them, I think, will make a great combination and great Christmas presents. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you.